This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Who gonna check me, boo? And Barry Rosenfeld I need to start drinking alcohol Now go to sleep, we Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer And I'm Barry Rosenfeld Happy Monday, Happy we have a great Monday, Monday. It's- it's such an exciting day. If you are not aware, today is the premiere of Below Deck Sailing Yacht. And stick around because in the second half of this episode, we have a great interview with Captain Glenn from Below Deck Sailing. He uh, spilled a little tea about this season. He offered Barry a job on mm-hmm. his next uh, yachting adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a very fun interview. So I hope you all enjoy it. But before then, we have lots of other stuff to talk about of course we're going to talk about real housewives of atlanta i know we were busy watching the golden globes last night um did you see that jamie lee curtis wore the same dress that we've seen on rinna and candy i did and honestly jamie lee curtis because she's so tall everything looks like so good on her like she and it's so funny how one dress i mean it's with any article of clothing can look so different on so many different people i it's funny, though, because obviously there's the Housewives connection with the dress, but Jamie Lee Curtis also has a Housewives connection because she's in Halloween with Kyle Richards. Yeah. And they're both in the new, the next, like, sequel that's coming out later this year. So maybe, maybe Jamie Lee Curtis will make a little, like, cameo, like, next season or the season after. That I would be fun. I doubt it, but it would be fun. You know, it, Barry, it let me live. <laughs> let me dream. Um, um, yeah, you're right. But <laughs> something else you wanted to talk about today was this. I can't. Speaking of Rena, Amelia and Scott are public and their pictures that they're putting up are just like, I don't know what's going on. It seems like a very one sided relationship. I also saw today that Scott does not follow Amelia on Instagram. I don't know if you saw that, but it did. I don't know if he's never followed her, if he, but like, Scott, we know that you're dating. Like, it's okay. You can like hit the follow button. Like, it's fine. To be honest, I don't usually pay attention to who's following whom because I feel like celebrities are just weird about that. Like, we know, like, Lala and Randall have that thing where they like don't follow each other on Instagram. And I feel like every three months, somebody like slides into the DMs and they're like, Lala and Randall unfollowed each other. And it's like, they never did. Right, like well, they did, and then now they're like, no, we're just not going. I feel like it's like such an easy thing to read into, which I get, but then also it's like I can't invest my time and energy into that. But I can invest my time and energy into this photo that she posted on her story. It's uh, uh, she's wearing this top. Like honestly, I'm surprised this didn't get taken down on Instagram. Right? Not because there's anything offensive to me about it, but because Instagram doesn't like female nipples. female nipples specifically and this shirt is (laughs) see-through okay but here's the thing i it's so their relationship in general i remember we talked about this 
on this on an episode of the app batches podcast a few weeks ago when they first started dating. And like, I was uh-huh. like, you know what? Age is just a number. I don't really care. Like whatever he dates younger girls. That's his thing. Like I doesn't affect me. The thing is though, is that I feel like their relationship is so try hard on her part that it's like, not, it's not fun. I'm not like, Oh my God. Whereas you look at where they are in no comparison at all, but Haley and Justin, where I like look forward to seeing pictures of them because they're a you fun love Haley couple. And Justin. <laughs> I do. Today's Justin's birthday. Happy birthday, babe. But Amelia and Scott, it's like, give us something. Okay, but so then the next layer of this, which we're hearing today, this is totally like unconfirmed. This isn't one of those reports where it's like, okay, yes, this is real. There's a rumor now that Lisa Rinna is going to get a spinoff or like her own show that would kind of be like a Keeping Up with the Kardashians successor. And that makes the whole Amelia and Scott plot feel even thicker because it's like, is he trying to just like show hop now that Kardashians is ending? I, I personally am like, not sure if I believe this Lisa Rinna rumor, but I mean, it could be true. I mean, listen, Rinna is, uh, I think great businesswoman too. Of course, no one, no one lives up to Chris Jen- a Chris Jenner, but she's a hustler, baby. Here's my thing. So Chris and Lisa are friends, like they're friendly. And so if Amelia and Scott break up, like, is Lisa going to be like, listen, your relationship has nothing to do with my friendship with Chris. I'm keeping my friendship with Chris, no matter what happens with you guys. Or is this all, are they all in on it to give them a spinoff? Like, it's so confusing. There's so much up in the air. (laughs) Unclear. It's unclear to me how much uh, Scott, is like friends with the Kardashian family when they're not on camera. Like, I don't know if he's <gasps> talking to Chris Jenner a lot. I do. But <laughs> I, do. I have heard, I have heard that Lisa Rinna loves this for Amelia. So I don't know. We'll of see. course she does. <laughs> we'll see. Um, let's talk about Real Housewives of Atlanta. I can't think about Amelia Gray anymore. Um, so we finish up the Isle of Palms trip this episode. We are, of course, at the dinner we left off on and the mood is tense. Uh, and Kenya is kind of going in. And all of a sudden, it, it, Latoya has an interesting arc this episode. She kind mm-hmm. of is a little bit of a flip-flopper, I would say. Because she starts off the episode coming for Drew and basically insinuating that Drew was doing something uncouth the night before with Bolo. And Drew is kind of like, why are you like, wh- why are you coming for me? Like everybody was having a good time and then all of a sudden latoya kind of switches gears and is back to being mad at kenya for like turning this whole thing into an investigation and it's like okay you can't have it both pick a ways lane. yeah pick yeah. a lane but i got annoyed i know we were texting about it this morning about kenya's role in this too because she went from investigator to now playing like the victim and it's like she was she spent so much time trying to figure out who was sleeping with bolo and accused portia without accusing portia but it was very very like i portia's so good like she's just sitting there not saying a word but oh my god tanya Tanya, Tanya, Tanya. She out of no one brought you up. No one brought your name up. No one said anything. And then Tanya jumps in and goes, well, I was in her room last night pointing to Portia. But Tanya, the noises were coming from Portia's room. Everyone knows that. So why did you just insert yourself into the situation? It's funny because I it's it feels like 
from like a, if you were looking from a distance, it would seem like Portia and Tanya are in a similar situation here. Uh-huh. But it felt like Portia, like Kenya was doing everything to accuse Portia without directly accusing her. Like it very much felt like she was targeting her sort of investigation at Portia. Whereas with Tanya, I feel like there was a much more surface level kind of vibe that she might have been involved and maybe it was insinuated a little bit but not to the level of Portia where it was like I thought Portia's frustrations were very warranted where she was like bitch if you're gonna say all of this stuff like making it seem like it was me just just say you think it was me whereas like Tanya was like I you could tell I think that Kenya knew not to go quite go there with Tanya like she wasn't quite going to the same place where she was like making it obvious that she was accusing her but here's the thing like you're acting all like hot big and mighty and everything and then like but you're right like at the table just say Portia was it you like why do you have and then all of a sudden when Portia's around you don't have these balls anymore like you know like it's just right because it was so I mean all of us watching clearly everyone at the table knew that Portia that Kenya was directing all of this at Portia yeah and and so yeah. And for and then for Kenya to kind of so basically then it's like okay why is this your business though like we were all having fun it was who like why do you care and Kenya then like you said she kind of plays the victim and turns it into this thing of like well we were all in a house and there were why do I care about the moans because it was it was our all of our private like, space and no. this was ha- blah 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 and it's like okay first of all it was supposed to be a no judgment zone and Kenya is like the most judgmental person in the world right now. But then Kenya was not making any effort to not hear the groaning. She was standing in the kitchen, listening at the door. She said she was in the kitchen for 45 minutes. If she wanted to go up to her room and go to bed, nobody was stopping her. She was fully, she, I don't think she would have heard the moans and she certainly wouldn't have been in the kitchen for 45 minutes if she didn't want to know what was going on. And it's not like she was in her room and the noise were just, the noises were disrupting her. And at that point, if you were Mm -hmm. sleeping, if it was bothering the baby, I would have gotten up and like, can you be quiet? But you're, she went and searched for the noises. So like Marlo even was the one who was like, we're adults, like we're you know, we we can do, it's your own bodies, our own whatever. And then, Ke- yeah, Kenya was like saying it's inappropriate and like when Mar- the moaning when and groaning. Said, and- when Marlo said, if I had sex with a stripper, that's my vagina. <laughs> yes, I was, I was not, I was not going to say that, but, <laughs> but I, I'm glad you did. We're I, all grownups here. I, um, I think it's just like at this point, just beyond annoying. Like I just always picture myself in these situations. And if like I was at that table, I would be going, I know no one's reacting because there's kind of no point (laughs) to react to Kenya. And that's kind of why, but I would at one point just like freak out because it's like enough already, like move on or get the fuck out. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card. Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
okay, so that's that's basically where the trip ends. We don't really see anything the next day. So then everybody's like debriefing after they get back from the trip. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Drew talking to Ralph, Cynthia talking to Mike. We have Candy meeting with Don Juan. And I <laughs> that was so funny. They were talking about Portia and Tanya starting OnlyFans accounts, which I thought was really hilarious. But uh, then we see to- LaToya and... I, wait, okay, before we get there, I actually thought that Ralph and Mike Hill mostly were taking it well, like they were having fun, kind of maybe a little skeptical about what happened with Bolo, but I I was it, I was pleased that there were like no big blow-up fights about this because it's not that deep. Yeah, and Drew was just really adamant about bringing home sexual, like, uh, notes for Ralph. Like, that was her defense. She kept saying... <laughs> And, you know, it is unfortunate because she keeps saying she doesn't know what he did in Tampa. And that's kind of like what she's at that that place where she's like had fun Mm -hmm. with Bolo, but knew she didn't cross the line and knew ahead of time that she was going to be open with her husband. So you don't know when she does this. Is this like her showing that they can be mature and go out and do things and and tell each other? And she's still waiting for him to tell her what he did in Tampa. Like that was kind of weird because you can tell what in the bathroom when like they were helping unpack, like it wasn't going the way she wanted it to go. Like she still wasn't getting the information she wanted from her telling him. Yeah. And it's, it's tough hearing her say that, you know, like I don't necessarily, I don't think that my husband was unfaithful, but the more that he refuses to give me any details, the more your mind kind of starts to wander and be like, why aren't you telling me? Honestly, at that point, it's like, why isn't he, even if he's lying to her, say, tell her something. Like, it's weird when she's like, what hotel were you at? And he's like, that's stupid information. And it's like, okay, but then why can't you just say it? Right. And then when her and Portia were talking and he called her, that I was laughing out loud. And she was like, yeah, babe, I got the groceries. I'll be home in like five minutes. That was and then so she hangs weird. up. She was like, I'm having mimosas and muffins. Like, and then that added to like my thought though, because it's like, is she doing more and more to be like, you know what? And she still can't let go of Tampa. So she's like now, and now I feel like in this spot, like she's just kind of making it worse. Like I hate to say that and put it on her because he was the dick in this situation, but no, I, I, I think that's valid that it's not necessarily like, obviously the initial problem is all on him. Like Mm -hmm. all of the stuff with the Tampa trip, but that I think she's in the place where she's kind of, bitter about it and sort of in the mood to fuck with him and while i totally understand that like that like wanting to do that i've totally been there where it's like you know i'm gonna get even Mm -hmm. i think like ralph doesn't seem like the kind of person who's gonna appreciate that i don't i don't know clearly they have their issues they need to work through um but so kenya is at this photo shoot and latoya comes to visit her with a cake which like i don't know it was (laughs) Um, and Kenya basically gets LaToya back in line with her because, you know, she's, Toya is saying that she felt like Kenya was putting everyone on blast on the trip and Kenya's response is literally, so what? So she's not like denying anything. She's just like, yeah, I did. And then Kenya says that she was hurt when LaToya started, you know, having fun with the other women because she has a crush on LaToya. And like Kenya, please. I mean, this okay. came out of left field. Yeah, they've talked about like a girl crush, like blah blah blah. Like they think each other are hot, but 
Latoya did not like do anything to betray Ken. Like it was so just like, really? Like that's, that's where you're taking this. Like, okay. Well, going, going back, rewinding really quick to that table where you said before Latoya, like kind of switch sides. It almost to me felt like, she almost didn't practice what she was supposed to do. Like, and that's what, and so she got confused, right? Like I could picture Kenya having like a pep talk with her and be like, we're going to say this at the table. And then Latoya got all like confused and then like jumped ship and like, didn't know. Right, Kenya's do. Kenya's like, okay, so you're going to come after Drew. And then, <laughs> um, yes. but yeah, it, it was, it was weird how Kenya kind of, it almost felt manipulative that she was like, it made me sad to see you making out with Portia because I have a crush on you. Stop. And Latoya's response to that was basically like to be apologetic and be like, oh my gosh, like I didn't realize, like I wouldn't want to hurt you, like blah, 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 blah. I don't, and she clearly doesn't want to piss Kenya off again. I love that she says like, sorry, I made out with your enemy. And Kenya says she wants to be me. She ain't my enemy. And I'm like, oh okay, my in God, what, Kenya. Like, I don't, I, I don't know, but like in what world does Portia want to be Kenya? I feel yeah, like that's what just I'm not watching, real. That's not what's happening. But like, if that were me, I would have been like, babe, I'm sorry. I didn't know you had a crush on me. I would have never made out with someone in front of you, but also <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but also the fact that you're that is key. She is being so beyond manipulative right now. I don't even know if there's a word to like times 10 that because she's like literally playing games with Latoya's head right now. Right. Where did this come from? Like, I feel like and Latoya truly doesn't know how to respond. She's like, whoa, 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 what, 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 wait, what? That's I think what- Kenya. I think Kenya sort of sees an opportunity because if you think about the rest of the cast right now, she's friends with Candy, but Candy is not really going to go along with her bullshit like that. She kind of called her out on the trip for a couple different things. And then she's friends with Cynthia, but Cynthia really is taking a backseat in most of the group dynamics this season. We really, to be honest, only see her like contributing when it's about her wedding. Right. For the most part. So I think, Kenya kind of sees an opportunity to have like a soldier at her right. side who actually will get involved on her behalf. And she kind of, she's like using a tool that she came up with to get Latoya back in line because when they were in South Carolina, Latoya was kind of straying. And I think Kenya probably didn't like that. And she, you know, Kenya is not the kind of person who has always had the group behind her. Mm-hmm. So I think she probably is really eager to not let Latoya kind of get away from her. Right. And so, you know, then we see Kenya going to her attorney, which this is really shitty because Kenya is so like annoying during these episodes. But when you see these types of scenes, you like feel for her. And it's like so difficult because she finds out that Mark is asking for alimony and she is like, what? Like she She's so confused. She's like, you're you're joking that this man is asking me for a dollar of my money. And he filed in New York, which is now a whole other situation whole, because it's another state. This whole situation is so is so sad because Kenya's talk so they have this custody filing. That's been the thing that they've been talking about. And basically, she says in her confessional, they ask why she's doing the custody and not a divorce. And she's like, Well, you know, we're we're still figuring out what's happening with our relationship, but we need the Brooklyn situation is immediate. Like we need to figure out kind of that situation and then we can work on our relationship and figure it out later. 
And she's talking about how Mark made her this playlist and all the songs are about her. And she's like, she seems like she's in this headspace where she's still thinking about what their future is going to be, if they can work it out. And then all of a sudden for, I think it's hilarious. She calls him attorney Weems. Um, He puts these divorce papers on the table and it's like totally retaliatory for Mark. And it's, it really is like devastating and you can see it because she has literally just been talking about, oh, he made this playlist. Maybe it, there's a future. I don't know. And then the the rug is just pulled right out from under her. And I, I do feel so bad for her. I, I really hope they can just like have a clean break and just end it once and for all. Because I, I understand why she's having trouble with that. But like nothing good is going to come from this relationship. She got her daughter. She needs to get the fuck out yeah i thought it was really weird that she even said she had a a thought that they were gonna maybe work it out like we that's not happening i mean who am i to say but as a viewer that's not happening no i mean honestly we've seen her and portia in kind of a similar loop in the last few years i would say that they are in these relationships with the fathers of their children who it's for the most part always been clear that the relationships are not, you know, solid, but there are, I mean, it's just a complex situation. I, I can't relate to like having a kid with someone, but that it's really hard to kind of get off of that ride, especially when the person is emotionally manipulative or what have you. Like, I feel, I feel for her a lot in this situation. And it's like, I just hope she can actually get past it because it's it's it has to be so draining to deal with this back and forth and even if there are times where she feels happy with mark i i can't imagine it's actually worth it right Ugh. this mid-season trailer though looks exciting i mean i never like to jump the gun because i don't like when these <laughs> When these when these uh, shows like show all of the dramatic stuff to come and then it leaves us nothing like within the actual like episodes. Oh, but but I with need to Atlanta, hear about this. I don't this think Latoya. That's... This Latoya slept with the pastor situation. I need to know all the details of that. I'm excited to see Drew kind of like step into some more drama with Kenya and Latoya. I feel like that's going to be really entertaining. Um, the one one line I want to highlight before we finish. Portia says, I didn't take it as an induendo. I took it as her being a punk-ass bitch. And- yeah. <laughs> it sounded like the word wasn't said the right way, but I couldn't really, like, No, tell. in the subtitles, they literally wrote induendo. Spelt- oh, they did. Spe- okay, I was like, so that wasn't just me? I, I guess so. Uh, but um, you can't wrong Portia. She's just so good, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe we're only at the same time. I can't believe we're only halfway through at the same time. We're like, <gasps> we're already halfway through. Like, it's always such a weird feeling. Lots of exciting things to come, though. Thank you for listening. Don't go anywhere because our interview with Captain Glenn is coming right up. Splash Refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. 
Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite. Acai Grape, Pineapple Mango, Lemon, and Mandarin in orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Spring has sprung, and that means it is time for some spring cleaning. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring ones, make sure you are using Ibotta to get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items, from groceries to beauty supplies to toys, so you can make sure you're shopping smarter, not harder, no matter what you are purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of a spring wardrobe refresh, a new warm weather bedding set, or a flight for that summer getaway you've been eyeing. Other apps, they give you points that don't amount to much. But with Ibotta, you just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers including all your favorite grocery stores, Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying by using the code MENTION when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code MENTION. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code MENTION. Okay, everyone, we are now joined by a very exciting guest. I know Barry and I have been looking forward to this. We have with us Captain Glenn from Below Deck Sailing Yacht. Hi, Glenn. How are you? Hi. I'm great. How are you doing? Good. I feel like I have to just call you Captain Glenn. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. (laughs) We'll make sure to keep our radios on us and, you know, follow all the rules. We are so excited for season two, which is premiering tonight. Um, can you tell us, where are you joining us from right now? Right now, I'm on board Parsifal. I'm still wearing my, my T-shirt. Um, I'm just finishing work for the day. Uh, we're in Palma de Mallorca, the same port where Below Deck Med last season was filmed, uh, Port Adriano. Oh, wow! so it and must be beautiful. It is. It's great. I mean, the weather keeps changing a little bit. We had snow, like. A month or two ago, it was really cool. Everyone drove up in the mountains to see the snow. But mostly around here now, it's it's spring weather. Even in February, it's amazing. I go play golf, and it's really really nice. I wow. know we are. We've had a lot of winter weather recently, yeah. so being on a yacht in in the Mediterranean sounds incredible. Yes, yeah, you're making us upset. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty lucky. I'm pretty lucky. How long have you been on that same boat? I've been on this boat about twelve years now. Oh my wow. goodness. It's yeah. it's so interesting. I remember when season one of Sailing Yacht premiered, it was it was kind of a different vibe than we've had before because you and Paget and Ciara had all kind of been with the boat for a while. And that's an interesting relationship, I guess, to have with the boat. It, it made it a lot easier during the first one because I've never, you know, I've been doing the same. What you see me do on the show is what I do. And I've been doing that for 12 years on this boat, 20 years in total. But it was nice having Paget and Sierra there. And my good buddy, Byron, 
who wasn't on the boat at the time, but he had worked on the boat before and on my boss's other boat. Mm-hmm. So, he's, he's one of my closest buddies. So that was a, made it a lot easier. But this season, those guys aren't here. So oh boy. <laughs> I am excited. I am new to Below Deck Sailing. I just watched first season during quarantine, I should say. And I asked Dylan, I was like, I love Captain Glenn. Why have I never watched this before? <laughs> like, I want to now work on his sailboat it looks okay cool send me your cv that's it that's all i have to do barry's great barry's great at serving drinks yeah and i feel like you could make a bed oh (laughs) my god hired hired yeah i'll send you the the tickets this is the easiest interview i've ever gotten yeah hired (laughs) <laughs> the thing that always stresses me out is the laundry. I just feel like I would mess up the laundry on like the second day and then I would never catch up. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I don't have to do the laundry because it's complicated. Huh? I mean, the guests come with all kinds of exotic clothes and everything needs to be done just right. So I know, it's like, can you steam this, please? Exactly. No, exactly. it's fine. Okay. So can you give us a little background on your career in yachting and why you love sailing specifically? That's a big thing Dylan and I are wondering, the difference okay. between. Uh, it kind of got started uh, in 1984. I was backpacking around Europe <laughs> and I, I, uh, I, was, I was checking into a youth hostel in Rome and I saw a notice on the board that somebody's looking for someone to help them uh cruise a boat around the aeolian islands near sicily for the summer and I, I went on that boat it was the best year of my life i decided right after that i would get my own boat a few i think it was like six or eight years later i got my own boat i sailed all around the med myself and then i thought about i saw all these big boats and i thought hey i'm gonna try that but it was really hard <laughs> to find your way into the industry it was not like now you know that was in i i started in 2000 and uh, I wasn't sure, like, just because you like golf doesn't mean you want to work as a caddy. And I was worried that working on super yachts might ruin sailing for me. So because I had a little sailboat, I had like a 35, 34 foot sailboat, French boat. And uh, I thought, OK, I'm going to try it. And I tried it in October 2000. And then I never turned back. It's like it's like the perfect lifestyle. It's hard work. It's not all glamour. It's not all exotic locations. There is a lot of that, but it's hard work. It's you don't know where you're going to be next Wednesday. You live in a walking closet. But then the, the upside is so amazing. So if you're that kind of person like I am, you know, a nomad. have you ever have you ever spent time on motor yachts or were you always a sailing guy? When I was breaking into the industry, which was in Fort Lauderdale, the very first boat that I worked on, like f- Liveaboard worked on, uh, was uh, I think it was like a 38 meter fiberglass, big fiberglass um, motor yacht. And I did, uh, we crossed in the spring and did the a Mediterranean charter season. So we crossed the Atlantic, came over here. And then I left there, I think in September. And then uh, about a week after leaving that boat, I moved on to a boat very similar to Parsifal, which I stayed on for five years. Then I went on Mirabella 5, which is the tallest loop in the world. You know, it's, uh, I don't know, three, 250 feet long or something, 90. The, the mass is taller than a football field. Oh and I, worked, wow. I worked on that boat as mate and then like kind of relief captain for a couple of years. And then I got the call to come here and I've been here ever since. So I've only really worked on four or five boats. Wow. This is so fascinating to me. Yeah. I'm like, oh but after my the God. first motor yacht, it's been sailboats the whole way. I always feel like below deck is 
it's such a unique show because it really is interesting to kind of get that glimpse into a life that most of us just aren't really familiar with. And sailing, especially the first episode of season one, when like you put up the sails for the first time and all of a sudden the boat starts to tilt. I'm like, oh my God, like that's crazy. <laughs> I know it's crazy. You know, I mean, uh, it, we call that healing. And when the boat heals over, even on small boats, uh, people aren't used to it. It's a little unnerving. But when you do it on a really big boat, it's like, wow, you know, because it's a lot of boat here and we get it cranked over sometimes. You know, you see a little bit of that. We do regattas on this boat where we push the boat hard. You know, in St. Bart's, there's a, a famous regatta, St. Bart's Bucket. And we do regattas in Palma. We do regattas in Sardinia at Costa Esmeralda. So, yeah, we, uh, we, we push the boat hard. You'd be amazed at how well these boats sail. I actually suffer really bad from seasickness. Like I have to, I have to take medicine before I get on a boat and it's, I've been like that my whole life, but watching that, what you're explaining on TV is a whole other feel. I like felt myself getting sick from the couch. I was like, (laughs) Oh my God, they're like almost in the water. Yeah. I mean, and it also looks, you know, we do get cranked over hard. But the hardest I think I've ever been cranked over is about 25 degrees. And that feel like when you're on the boat, it feels like 45 degrees. It feels like this, but it's not really that much. And the boat's never going to tip over. We have like 100 tons of lead in a keel weighed like 15 feet under the water. So if you ever really got pushed over hard by the wind, the the sails would be at an angle and the wind would just blow over the top of them and you'd come back up. So there's no danger of the boat flipping over and sinking or anything like that. That's a little more comforting. That's comforting. Yes. (laughs) Actually, much more so on a sailboat than a motor yacht. If a motor yacht loses their engines in big seas, they're in serious trouble. Oh, wow. So you just convinced me to go on a sailboat. (laughs) I was just watching a video of one last night. It was pretty crazy. When you lose your engines on a motor yacht, you have no control over which way the boat is oriented to the waves. Whereas a sailboat, if we lose the engines, we pull out a sail, there's wind, and you, you just go until you can find a place to hide and fix whatever's wrong, you know? Oh, wow. So I'd much rather be on a sailboat, <laughs> especially far away from land, like an Atlantic crossing, than a, than a motor yacht. Even if they have enough fuel, I, you know, I don't like that idea so much. All right, question, though. Know. I just want to make sure I still have my job, even though I get seasick. Yeah, is that yeah, okay? No, 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 don't worry. <laughs> okay. I'll just give you a little, a little tip, okay? So when you get here, the trick to, to uh, surviving seasick is, is uh, try to stay not inside the boat because your eyes and ears are t- telling you two different stories. And that's what causes you to be, you know, sit outside like on the flybridge or somewhere where you can see the horizon. And then when the gravity is doing this and you're like, ah, that makes sense, you'll feel much better. So that's one thing to keep in mind okay. as much as possible. So you want to work on deck, not in the interior. Okay. Right? <laughs> If okay, I have I, my bonine, it'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> I want to I wanna get a little background. How did you first get involved with Below Deck? And were you aware and familiar with the, the franchise as a whole before the sailing yacht show kind of started? I was. I hadn't seen it. I don't, you know, I spent all my time in Europe. Um, we usually go to the Caribbean for the winter, but I don't spend time in North America much. I'm originally from Montreal, Canada. Um, so I don't get to watch a lot of regular American television. So I hadn't, I heard of it, of course, but I hadn't really seen, I think I'd seen a few clips, but, um, since I've been in working on big sailboats, I started uh, like a group on Facebook where I help, um, people looking for work and I help captains who are looking for crew for their boats. And I think from that, I have like 30,000 followers on my Facebook group and stuff like that. So, uh, people have heard of me because of that. And I have a kind of, uh, 
a kind of like a network where I keep uh, sailboat captains together, be, keep them in touch. And when they started thinking about doing the spinoff, somebody mentioned Glenn Shepard and they said, hey, you should reach out for, to Glenn and maybe he can help you find a big sailboat. And so they contacted me. This was early on before we did the first one. And I, I said, yeah, I can definitely help you find a boat. But what about Parsifal? Maybe, maybe you want to do it on Parsifal. And then we started talking from there. And then they, they came out and saw Parsifal and they said, this boat would be perfect. Did you always know the first season was going to be in Greece? Or was that just like where you were at the time? I, I feel like you move around so much. We move around a lot. That was, um, no, I didn't know early on it was going to be in Greece. Although for me to recommend, you know, and it's not all about my recommendation, but Greece is one of the best places in the world to cruise. You've always got a lot of breeze, which is nice, but you've got tons of islands, history, exotic locations, different so- sides. You know, the uh, Ionian side where we filmed the first season, Corfu area, that's kind of, it's more like Italy than, than typical Greece. But then you have Pleiades, you have the Dodecanese, you have all these different areas of Greece. So you could spend your whole life cruising on a sailboat in Greece. I'm very excited to see Croatia this season. I the season of Below Deck Med that was in Croatia, I felt like the the scenery was just gorgeous. Yeah. So very that's one that's a nice thing about uh Croatia is it's very green. The Ionian, like Corfu first season, that was quite green, but the, the middle part of Greece is very rocky and arid. Mm-hmm. So I think aesthetically, uh Croatia's maybe got up a little bit up on that from from the Cyclades. Yeah. Uh how is how different is filming on for the show versus a regular charter season with no cameras? You know, you it's, it's interesting with the cameras, you know, it's like, wow, there are all these cameras of people filming, mm-hmm. uh, but you get used to that in probably like a day or two. And then it's pretty much just us running the boat. That's so right. what you're seeing, what you're seeing on the show is pretty much what happens. Of course it's edited. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing 24 seven what's happening. You're seeing kind of the juicy bits, the interesting bits. Otherwise, it would be boring. But uh, it's pretty much the real the real deal. You know? Right. Because your main focus is safety, obviously, and having fun. So it doesn't matter if the cameras are there or not. No, you, you kind of ignore the cameras pretty quick. And we just get on with running the boat. And we're here for the guests that mm-hmm. you know, we're like a floating five star hotel. And the service has got to be taught, taught much. All the, the fun that they have in the water, that's all going to be, you know, and so it's a, it's a big job and it's a, it's a lot of work. Uh, it's a lot of fun to do it because we're working outdoors in amazing locations. But yeah, it's, it's also really hard work. And that's our focus. And so you see us trying to achieve that. I guess you- I, I was going to say what if it's different, like having drama with the crew, but I'm sure that happens whether there are cameras there or not. <laughs> oh, man. <There's>, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I've seen it all. I've seen chefs throw stews, uh, computers down the hallway and stuff like that. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's like anywhere. There's always going to be frustration and conflict and, 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 you know, acting out. And, you know, I mean, it's not always like that. But, uh, yeah, people... Um, you know, emotions can get high when you're, you know, living under a lot of stress and pushing hard to achieve a goal, you know? Yeah, I think that's great because if Dylan were to like throw my computer down the hallway at work, like there would be like different consequences than if we were <laughs> on the boat. <laughs> exactly. No, I, there's always consequences. Are you guys, so I take it you guys are in different homes, right? Yeah. Now. You're, you're working from home because yeah. of COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, Speaking of COVID working stuff, what was it like? Because I you filmed season two during the pandemic, right? 
Exactly. It so was uh, how, past summer. So how, what was the process like and how, how much did you feel it when you have people coming on and off the boat for these charters? Well, we had, you know, we had very strict protocols. Croatia had a very low incidence and that's why it was one of the reasons why it was chosen. Um, but still, you have to take all the precautions because one, uh, one positive can probably shut down the whole charter season because mm-hmm. you don't know where right. it goes next because it's pe- some people are asymptomatic but still transmitting the disease, right? So that's, uh, or the virus. So we had, to, you know, we had, uh, first thing we did was a quarantine. So as soon as everybody arrived and all the guests as they arrived, they're quarantined. Uh, we're also doing, you know, checks immediately, PCR tests and all that stuff. Um, and we would do that daily or regularly. We had also daily health checks where we would take our temperature, fill out a questionnaire if you had any symptoms, all that kind of stuff. Anything coming on board, we had we had a check before from the provide the provisioners, and then we would also um, we we would also sterilize it before we brought it on board. So it added wow. a more a lot more work to it, and a little bit of extra tension. But you know, it was the only way that we could achieve a season, and everybody wanted to do a season after the lockdown in the the winter and the spring. We really wanted to go out and do a season. So right, that's it's just so impressive how all businesses, including yours, really did what they had to do so quickly to figure out how they can just continue on life, but in the safest way. I was totally way. amazed. Yeah. I totally amazed by it. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was masking and social distancing. I mean, obviously when we're right, you know, when, when the guests come on board and the crew, the, the cast is on board, we're not wearing masks, but right. everywhere else and every, every, if, if we had to go off to the boat, total uh, uh, social distancing and masking and everything. Right. Um, so were you surprised? I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, but that you had an entirely new crew. And is that something that I've always wondered this while watching, do you meet them beforehand? Do you meet them as they walk onto the boat? Like, is there any training involved that stresses me out watching? Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point. Let's so stress you out a little bit more though. I would say it does. It does. But I mean, you have to get good people. What you see when I meet them, that's the first time I'm meeting them. There's nothing, there's no like meeting before and then, Hey, let's go. That's unbelievable. That's all real. That's all real. And it's not, you know, usually when you start up a new season, you're going to get a changeover of crew because this, because of the pressure and everything and the, the, the type of people that work in the audience, it's a very transient industry. And so people are always coming and going. Mm-hmm. So you, you would easily change over half a crew for a new season. Um, but changing a full crew, that's a bit, yeah, that's a bit tough, but, uh, I, I could tell immediately when I, you know, I saw everyone's CVs and when I met them all, I could tell they're really good people. I could, you get a sense of people and, uh, I knew it was going to be a great season and it was, it turned out to be. So I was nervous until I met them that when you see me meeting them, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great gang of people. Well, don't tell us that we want some drama. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, there's plenty of drama, there's some romance or boatmance, there's all <laughs> kinds of stuff. Everything you expect and want is going to be there. I think and definitely, I think it's going to be more so than the first season. Unfortunately, the first season was, there was a little bit of, you know, there's a fine line between banter and bickering, and I think mm-hmm. there's too much bickering. Uh, you know, and I love them all, but I think this season is more positive, but there's still enough drama to keep everyone happy. <laughs> 
I will I will say I think some of us were like by the end of the season I was like I need a break from the the Jenna and Adam roller coaster of it all. <laughs> yes. That's so I I'm excited. I'm really excited. No, it's going to I think you guys are going to love it. It's going to be a great season. Cuz they're great people, they're lovable characters and you know, none of us are perfect, but we're all trying really hard to, you know, to make a great season and I think we we pull it off, you know. Yeah. Okay, I'm curious. So you're in Croatia for the second season. We talked about Greece. Is there a, a dream location you would have for a future season or somewhere that you've never gotten to do uh, to sail before? Absolutely. Um, one of my uh, bucket list places is the South Pacific, you know, Tahiti, Bora Bora, Brea, all of that kind of stuff. That would be one. Um, you know, where else? Let's see. You know, Australia with Sunday Islands would be great. Great Barrier Reef would be amazing. Uh, where, uh, the Sea of Cortez, you know, over in, in uh, Baja, California. I think that would be a great place. These are all places that I plan to go on my boat. I've got a little, you know, 42-foot yeah. sailboat. And I'm going to take it to all those places. But I'd love to do a season of charter over there in, in those locations. I love how you refer to a 35 and 45 foot sailboat as a small <laughs> boat. But because like that's pretty large. But I guess compared to what we see on the show, how long is that boat that we see on the show? We're 177. Okay. So, yeah, that is small. Yeah. <laughs> it's small. It's big <laughs> enough for, you know, a couple of people or, four, you know, a couple of couples. But, yeah, it's not. You're not going to have 22 passengers on it. No. Right. Right. 22 people total. So, yeah, it's I think of them as small boats, smaller boats. You know, I don't want to sound like I've got my own super yacht because I don't. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'd want my own. It's a bit too much. You know, yeah, that sounds stressful. I there's so yeah. much can go wrong. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I like to keep it simple. When I go cruising, it's just me and a partner and we just go maybe some friends, but it's keep it simple. I don't hire any crew. I don't want any crew. I don't want any of their issues when I'm on holiday, you know? Oh my gosh. That's I, do that. I, I get paid to do that. So that's, I'm happy to do it when I'm getting paid. But. Right. Well, this was very fun and educational. I feel, I feel like, like I learned a lot. I, I learned a whole lot from you, Captain Glenn. <laughs> yeah. Well, next time, if you have any technical questions, like about how the sales go up and why we do certain things, Feel free to ask, you know. Okay. Barry will be getting ready for her yeah. new career as a deckhand. Yes. She'll yes. be learning all her knots and yeah, exactly. <laughs> probably <laughs> lifting some weights. Roll hitch, rolling hitch. I don't know <laughs> what that means. All that stuff. <laughs> you can look it up afterwards. Okay. Well, Captain Glenn, thank you so much for joining us. Everyone, don't forget to watch Below Deck Sailing Yacht Mondays on Bravo. It sounds like it's going to be a great season and we will definitely be watching every week. So you should too. Glenn, thank you so much for being thank here with you. us. Thank you very much. Uh, it was nice chatting with you guys. Stay safe and healthy. And uh, yeah, I think you guys are going to love this season. Thanks everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed our interview with Captain Glenn. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And just be cool. Don't be all like uncool. 
Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Batches.